Hello and welcome to the Cross Curricular Dance Teacher with me, Maria Cry Gibson. I'm so thankful for our guest today, Stephanie Boykin. She's going to talk about the McKinney-Vento Act and how we can be ambassadors to our students experiencing homelessness. Hi, Stephanie. Hello. Welcome to my house. Yay. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing the podcast. Not a problem. And... I would like us to get started by you telling us everything that you want us to know about you. My name is Stephanie, and I'm a school counselor. I am married, and I have two children. Part of my role as a school counselor is that I am our site homeless liaison, which is really neat for me because I was actually homeless when I was in high school. And so... I came from a really bad background. My parents divorced pretty early. My dad was like physically abusive to us. My mom had some mental health issues and some drug issues. And like my senior year of high school, it just got to be unsafe and I left. Uh, I had no idea where I was going. I just kind of packed up and left. <laughs> Luckily, I was someone who really loved school. I think for me, it was like my oasis. I knew like I can't control all these things going on at home, but like if I wanted an A in biology, I knew what I needed to do to get an A in biology. So I had control over it. I felt safe there. And so my senior year, I left home. And I didn't really tell anyone at school, but I was, since I was so excited about school, anytime we had like a spirit week, I was like the most spirited person. I was dressing up, I was doing all the things, I was cheer captain, I was student council president. And that year, when we had a spirit week, my principal came up to me and was like, why are you dressed up? This is not like you. And I like ignored her for like, Three different times she asked me throughout the day. And then finally she was like, tell me, why aren't you dressed up? And I was like, well, I left home last week and all I've got is my Sonic uniform and like this outfit. So uh, she told me like, you need to go talk to our homeless liaison. And I was like, I'm not homeless. Because <laughs> I think for me it was like a dignity thing. You know, I didn't want people to know like I was going to figure it out. And... I am glad she eventually caught me and was like, we're going together. And she took me and this person helped me a great deal. But I'm just thankful for those adults in my life who kind of helped me. I eventually went on to get a bachelor's degree in sociology, human services, because I was going to be a social worker and save the world. And then I realized maybe that's a little too hard. <laughs> <laughs> and I found out I was really passionate about education. And then I decided to go back and become a school counselor so I could take my passion for education and my passion for helping others and kind of combine the two. I always love asking that question because I never know how people are going to answer it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, did I? That was a really long story, but. No, that was a perfectly <laughs> told story. Thank you so much for sharing that. Not a problem. Yeah. And what. An excellent way of taking an unfortunate situation and making the best of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so thankful for everything you do with our students at the high school. Thanks. That's beautiful. Yeah. So 
the principal said you need to go see the homeless liaison. Correct. And then I also don't know if I'm going to say this correctly. Did the McKinney Vento Act exist at that time? It did. Um, oh. I mean, as a student, I was not aware of, of course. any of that. I am a grown adult and I <laughs> yeah. barely am aware. <laughs> yeah, and I, I didn't know what any of it meant. I just knew, like, she's going to take me to someone who thinks I'm homeless and I'm not doing that. <laughs> I also didn't want to get my mom in trouble. And so I was like, I don't know how this affects everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the McKinney-Vento Act, I think it's been around since the 70s, I think. Oh. It's been updated a few times, but... By the way, that's Lilo. She's um, a cranky old lady. <laughs> geriatric dog, so... Oh, I have a geriatric boxer, so... Silly doggy. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye, Lilo. She was so calm. Yeah. Dogs see strangers and they're like, "You don't belong here." Yeah, I know. She's just like, oh, "Okay, well, no one threw me bacon, so <laughs> I'm leaving." <laughs> so, first of all, did I say it correctly? McKinney Vento. McKinney Vento. Yeah. So I know that our safe schools training global compliance training touches on this. Right. But I don't really feel like the training says like, and in your school site, this is how it goes. Yeah, it's not very personal. It's like an umbrella training. Yeah. So can you tell us what is the McKinney-Vento Act? Yeah. So the McKinney-Vento Act is a law that put some resources and protections in for those experiencing homelessness. For us in education, that's really important because it specifically lists some things in education that we can do to help these students. Some of those things are um, by providing a homeless liaison. So it doesn't necessarily have to be at each site, but at least within the district. My district specifically has a you know, a district homeless liaison and then each site has one, which is a really neat way to make that work. So that students have a connection with someone they know. Yeah. It also says that we have to enroll homeless students immediately. So sometimes, you know, during the enrollment process, you know, you're asked to provide like a copy of your birth certificate or your transcript, things like that. And for someone who is homeless that can be really hard to keep up with that documentation and so if we know that someone is homeless we're supposed to kind of expedite that process and not let those things be a barrier to their enrollment process Um, it also says that homeless students can stay at their school of origin so like say a student ends up displaced and now they're living with know a family member relative in a different district we are to help them stay in their school of origin so that can be something that is normal to them and part of that is also by providing transportation for when those things happen within a certain mile radius we provide transportation Um, so there's just a, a few things it also kind of goes into some funding 
for homelessness and stuff like that, but just a few of the resources and protective factors that that provides for students who are in that situation. It also lays out kind of categories of homelessness because sometimes we think homeless means like, you know, a tent set up somewhere. Like there's different versions of homelessness. I remember when we were coming into in-person learning during COVID, something that was specifically said was a version of homelessness or the a definition of homelessness is inclusive to couch surfing. Correct. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if you could maybe, is there more than that? Like, can you mm-hmm. shed more insight, more light on that? Yeah. So the McKinney-Vento Act says that anyone lacking like a fixed, regular, and adequate shelter. So sometimes that is students who are couch surfing. I think that's probably the most, I don't want to say most popular, that's the case we see the most. Um, You know, they are displaced and for whatever reason they're staying with a friend or a family member somewhere that they're not normally staying and it's not necessarily necessarily permanent. There's also students living in shelters or hotels, anywhere that is like a public space that is not theirs is considered homeless. There's also students who are considered unaccompanied. And so that means like you are without an adult. Now, sometimes you can be unaccompanied and be like couch surfing, but sometimes that is also a family thing. So there's just some different variations. Those are kind of the three main categories on how we break things down. I remember we were working on a FAFSA night one time, and it really does affect the students who are, like, just trying to fill out a FAFSA application. Mm-hmm. Like, there's all these questions about my legal guardian. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. Yeah, and that is one thing that the McKinney Vento does help with is students who are considered homeless do not have to enter their parents' income information. The hardest part of that, though, is identifying students in that situation. You know, kind of like in my own story, that's not something you necessarily want to advertise. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes we do know situations, sometimes we don't. And so a lot of times it will come up in situations like that, helping a student fill out the FAFSA, and you're like, hey, we got to upload the parents' tax information or whatever, and they're like, well, and that kind of comes up. For me, personally, that was a really helpful thing to me because I I didn't have that growing up in my life. So when I filled out the FAFSA and it asked for my income information because I was unaccompanied, it made things a lot easier. And then I ended up with the maximum of Pell Grant, which was very, very helpful. That's like a, a sad bonus? Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> sometimes like, it's like a blessing in disguise. I don't know if you want to say it like yeah, that. Yeah, like you yeah. really have to be suffering for yeah. any assistance. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's nice to have that little bit of protection for the students in that situation, but it is like sad to be like, that's a benefit. <laughs> right. Yeah. Jeez. So, what can teachers do to be helpful or supportive 
to students experiencing homelessness. Communicating with the homeless liaison is really big. I know at my school specifically, like when students have special arranged transportation, sometimes you know, they're having to be transported somewhere that is maybe 45 minutes away from, from our school. So sometimes they have to leave like 7th hour, 30 minutes early. And I know that's frustrating as a teacher. You have, you know, a lot of content you're trying to push out. And so, you know, communicating with the homeless liaison and, you know, making sure that you're accommodating those students. And there's all kinds of different things. Sometimes I would have students who like, would change locations and so it was like okay it's going to be a couple days before we can get transportation arranged again and so you know I'd have to email their teachers and be like hey can you push content out to them digitally for a couple days luckily almost every teacher I've ever had like asked those things for has been very very supportive and you know one of the big things too is identifying students. So if a teacher does hear of something, sometimes like um, English, they might write about those things in an assignment or in like a journal for like busy work or bell work. And so, you know, if a teacher does learn of those things, communicating that to the homeless liaison. I think dignity is also another thing. For me personally, I never wanted people to call me homeless. Mm-hmm. And so with my students, I don't. I'm like, when I introduce myself, I say I'm the McKinney Vento liaison. And what that means to you is that I help students who are in between living situations or living on their own. I say they want to come out and be like, so I'm our homeless liaison and someone has considered you homeless. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that strips away that dignity. And that's one of those things that no matter what life takes from you, you want to still feel like a human so you know just making sure we're using kind terminology and being accommodating I'm actually really glad that you said that because I wanted to ask that follow-up question of like oh this is a already it hurts that the child is experiencing homelessness Mm -hmm. it already hurt that you were experiencing homelessness on top of the other like with your mom's mental health and your dad's abusive abusiveness it's not helpful for then the educator to be like hello homeless child right (laughs) so I'm so glad that you said that because I've had a a myriad of experiences this past week where colleagues have been like did I say the right thing I'm like it's worth reflecting on because that icky feeling that you have is valid right and I know (laughs) that we all mean well it's just are we willing to grow you know, the educator who said that to me was my person. She was the one that I connected with. I went to a small school, so it was not out of the ordinary for me to have like a pretty close relationship with my principal. Um, and so I knew she didn't mean any harm by it. But as a student, I was like, no, that is, I'm not homeless. I'm going to figure this out. I'll, I'll, I'll get it figured out, you know. Um, and so, but now as the educator on the other side of that, it has taught me like, okay, language is important and mm-hmm. and we can all grow from these things. Absolutely. So I do feel like I'm so naive about this that I really don't even know what questions to ask to maximize this time with you. I'm curious, is there anything that you wish was more common knowledge in education when it comes to 
working with students who need the resources from the McKinney Bento app? Yeah, I think one, just not assuming things too. Sometimes, you know, we have students who come in and they're a certain type of way, behavior wise, maybe appearance wise. And we think like that could never happen to them. I think I was the perfect example of that at school. Like I held things together. I was the student council president. And so like you would never expect that my home life would be like that. And so just not to make any assumptions to maintain dignity for the student always, which I mean, most educators are pretty good about keeping things private, but you know, they don't necessarily want all their peers knowing their situation. And so, you know, if you do learn of something to, to share that with the homeless liaison, but also that there's resources out there. Sometimes, you know, we have a, a wide variety of students with a wide variety of needs. And so sometimes it's, we get in this kind of fixing mode where it's like, well, I can find help for you for this and for this. And this is one of those things that there's already help out there. So as long as we're letting the right people know the right things, that is the help that can be assisted. You know, we find transportation for students. We have clothing vouchers for students. Um, we have a pantry. There's all kinds of resources out there for those students. But the hardest part is being able to identify them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes things get caught in in the enrollment process, you know, they can't provide a lease or something. And we go, oh, maybe it's because of this. Um, but sometimes, you know, it's not until October and a situation happens and all of a sudden they're tardy because they're driving from across town or something. And so um, just being able to identify those students so that we can all help them. I think everyone's assignment from this episode would be to like go find out who is their homeless liaison. Yes. Like, everyone should, like, oh, yes. Yeah. It is Stephanie Boykin, you know, who, right. whoever is your building, or even district. Yeah, because some schools it's just within, like, there's one for the whole district. Some schools have, like, a district person, and then each building has, like, a representative. But I think that is something that we should know. And it's, you know, we, we hear these training videos that we have to do at the beginning of the year, and it's so impersonalized. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly, like, that should be the assignment. Like, we should know who that person is, so that way when those things come up, we know who to refer students to. I had, this is a sidebar thing that kind of popped into my mind. <laughs> I had a experience where somebody in the college university realm was like, well, if they're experiencing homelessness, would they be participating in school activity XYZ? And it kind of made me wonder, like, does McKinney-Vento Act extend into people experiencing homelessness going into college? That's hard for me to answer. I know in my own personal experience, there were not additional supports when I went to college. Like, every year I had to turn in a letter to the financial aid office to verify that I was still considered homeless, but there wasn't really an extra level of support there. I don't know if that is something that was specific to where I went to college, if there are other colleges that have that out there. I'm not sure. Because a part of me, I, I know college is not for everybody, but a part of me is like, man, a four-year university campus has everything you need 
Mm-hmm. It has housing. It has places to eat food. Mm-hmm. And it even has jobs if you so choose to work on campus. So I almost feel like one of the solutions to people experiencing homelessness is, especially when you're in that young adult age, that going to college is going to be more stable than not. <laughs> but I'm making yeah. an assumption. For me, that was the case. I I went, I chose the college I went to because there were dorms that were affordable. I got an on-campus job because I did not have a car. Um, so a lot of those things were all right there for me. I had a meal plan so I could eat. I think for some people, you know, we know about like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? We can't focus on that higher level thinking when we're worried about those personal needs. So for some people, that stress is so great that it becomes a how do I function on my coursework? And we know that, you know, if you fail a college class and you're receiving financial aid, then you get put on probation. You can eventually lose that. Mm-hmm. So for me, that was my motivation to be successful. Like, I knew I could not fail. I didn't have a grown-up I could call to come pick me up. But for some people, I could certainly see how that higher level of thinking could be put on the back burner mm-hmm. when you have these other things. One thing that was not easy for me as a McKinney Dental student was healthcare. I had been on sooner care as a child, like, you know, getting free insurance from the state. And then uh, when I turned 19, I lost that. And I was under the impression that I got that still when I was in college. And that is not oh. true. So here I was, 30 minutes away from my home community. And when things would come up, I had nowhere to go and I had to pay cash. I remember getting strep throat uh, my freshman year of college and I was like, I don't have money to go to a doctor. My mother-in-law at the time was working at a healthcare clinic. Her doctor saw me for free, thankfully, but I still had to pay for the medications. Um, And that is a barrier that could certainly, like if you're not getting healthcare and you're missing class, it is very easily turned into this like downhill slide. Like mm-hmm. one, when you're in that living situation where you're without a permanent residence, one little thing can be the thing that has now taken you all the way downhill and flipped things around. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so stressful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else that you would like for educators to be like, ah, yes, McKinney Vento Act students, the, I, I know my liaison, I understand Maslow's hierarchy of needs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that those are very important things. Know your liaison, knowing like what things could be barriers for your students so that way you can provide the appropriate accommodations, um, just like with our like SPED students, our 504 students, we are providing uh, accommodations to help level the playing field of education for them. And it's almost the same thing with these students. They may not need, you know, a separate testing location or things like that, but, you know, if they're not having internet at home, maybe we provide them some time to complete those things in class mm-hmm. or maybe an extra day on an assignment. 
Um, so just being aware of like what things we can do to help students level up versus getting to that point where they're like one mudslide away from catastrophe. Yeah, absolutely. And while you were talking, I have this moment of clarity. I probably have biases that I don't understand what barriers those students have. So I should probably go and ask my homeless liaison, like, hey, I understand that student da-da-da is experiencing homelessness. Can you provide me some insight on how I can be supportive? Like, especially if it's a situational thing, right? Right. Yeah, I think that's a great point, too, is, you know, we all have our own personal biases that we don't realize about things. If a student is in a McKinney-Vento situation, I'm not going to advertise that on a normal basis. That's their personal story. We don't want to make them feel like everyone is judging them. So sometimes a student will tell that and tell, you know, their teachers like, hey, this is happening in my life. Sometimes I don't. As our liaison, sometimes I'll ask students, like, do you want me to tell them? But if they're not, like, open with that, then I don't. So sometimes it's maybe not even things that you would necessarily know, but if you hear things being understanding. I think some educators are like, well, I'm trying to teach them not to have excuses. Um, And just being able to define whether, like, is this an excuse or is this something that is happening in their life that they are like is outside of their control yeah absolutely for sure Hmm. so every time you come onto the podcast you get to tell teachers or give teachers um a piece of advice to get through this week the week of october 29th and it's the week of halloween (laughs) yes And I know that that can be hard to maybe get a lot of things done that week. So I guess my advice for teachers would be like your worth is not defined by your productivity. We understand you're doing your best as teachers. So make sure you're taking care of yourself and taking time to fill your cup and You are still a valuable educator, even though maybe you didn't get all four or five lessons done for the week. (laughs) Halloween is so rough um, with students. They are very focused and they have one thing on their mind. So yeah, your worth is not defined by your productivity. I appreciate that. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Stephanie. I hope you enjoyed being on the podcast. Yes, thank you for having me. Yeah. I hope this episode was helpful to you. I have a few points that I wanted to reflect on. And the first one was how Stephanie was a good student and school was an oasis for her. It also made me think about students who are not like Stephanie, who might not be the best academic student or most involved student, but in their own way, school is still an oasis from their situation that they're experiencing outside of school, um, especially if their experience is homelessness. So I don't know. I just think it's something to consider, you know, how we are accommodating our students who are experiencing homelessness that 
yes, we want to offer rigor and challenge for academic success inside the school building, but maybe the accommodation is making sure that they're basic needs are met. I really appreciated how Stephanie talked about how you don't have to save everyone or fix everything, especially if you are connected to your McKinney-Vento liaison, because there are existing resources. And I think that those resources need to be of service because that's how they continue to get funding. When Stephanie was sharing that idea that we don't have to provide all the resources for our students because the purpose of the McKinney-Vento Act is to provide resources for them. I think about this one episode of Grey's Anatomy where Dr. Avery was helping somebody who had COVID and he handed them his credit card and said, go get yourself a hotel room so you don't have to go home and make the rest of your family sick. Well, another doctor was volunteering for an entity that was making sure people had places to stay that was affordable. But because some wealthy doctor was handing out their credit card, these places were being swiped up at a very expensive rate. So the resource that was making sure people could afford somewhere to stay while they were unwell could no longer provide the help for low-income people. So yeah, let's be mindful that there are resources out there. And if we do our homework and find out who our McKinney-Vento liaison is, we can connect our students to those resources more effectively. I think something, a theme that was coming out of this episode was how students experiencing homelessness really don't need school time to be taught that they are making excuses, especially when we need to check our own biases. So I understand that everybody wants to provide rigor and challenge. I said that already, but I really invite us to think about how maybe our hyper-focus on rigor and challenge in the classroom is not providing accommodating support to those students who are experiencing homelessness. After Stephanie and I ended the recording, Stephanie actually shared that when she was in college and school was not in session, she would have to pay more for the dorms. And that was not something that she could actually do because she did not have the income or the resources to do that. So she was thankful that her boyfriend's mom allowed her to move in with them for those summer breaks and winter breaks. I think that this just really reinforces that it truly does take a village to raise a child, even when the child is a young adult going into college, that that is not a time to just completely cut all ties of support to young people. I appreciate Stephanie's advice for the week because if my worth was measured in how many things I checked off my to-do list, yikes. So I hope you also see that you are beyond the things that you get done on your to-do list. I'm so grateful for Stephanie sharing this sensitive information about her own story and allowing us to learn from that experience how language is important and that we are truly the support systems that protect children experiencing things that are outside of their control. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. 
I always love hearing from listeners, whether it's through email, Instagram, or the question on Spotify. All of those things are linked in the show notes. So I hope to hear from you. And until next time, take care. Take care.